You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. Hi, everybody. Hi. Good evening. How are we all doing out there in internet land? On, on, yeah. How are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's going. Yeah. He just answered for himself. <laughs> I was going, well, it's going. It's going, you know. Liam does that a lot. Yeah, he answers for himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, though. Yeah. That's... I talk to myself all the time. Yeah. I'm in the car so much, though. Mm-hmm. So I'm always making strange faces, <laughs> yeah, invoices, and you know, doing little I... little episodes of real crime in your car. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good idea. I should start doing that. Yeah. Just like just alone by yourself. Yeah, just, just you know. <laughs> hey, it's my show. I talk to my cats at home a lot. I'm home all the time, so they're there and they're staring at me. So might as well let my thoughts out to them. <laughs> hey cats hey what's going on how are you cats what's going on i'll be watching something i'll be like this this is stupid or i'll be like this is really good and the cat just looks at me and the cat's like yeah i don't know about that cat's He's like you like some shit off. yeah <laughs> cat's like your taste is awful yeah <laughs> i just like well, you piss in a box this has poor representation of cats yes. i don't like it <laughs> Cats, oh. like, you're canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a couple weeks since we've been here again. Yeah. So we got to kind of get back in the groove of it again, right? Yeah. Groove is in the heart. I've it is. Cool. Groove is in the heart. And I brought my heart with me. Yeah. So yeah. We'll be good. Cool. So this is episode 128 of Real Crime. Tonight we're going to be talking about the Psycho film series. Not the cable series, though, because that would be a lot to get into. That'd be a, yeah. a lot. It is a, it's a fine show. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I really I liked it. There were five seasons of that. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, which basically left off with the beginning of the movie, Yeah, from it, what it, I remember. it. Yeah, it does. It plays with the mythology and kind of subverts your expectations in like a fun way. He was a great Norman Bates, though. Yeah, I really liked him as Norman Bates. He was kind of creepy. He, well, I thought he was kind of creepy as a kid, in like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yeah, remake. Yeah, yeah. So it it was perfect for him. Oh, to that's play. the same guy. Yeah, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which is a weird thing for me. I, I can imagine uh, that guy being a good Norman Bates. I haven't seen the show. I want to now, especially after rewatching those the the series. It's weird though because they modernize it. Like it goes into like modern times. Yeah. But it's oh. still like a setup for the movie. Interesting. Yeah, because like Rihanna plays. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. An interesting. Yeah. And Vera, uh, um, Vera, Vera Farmiga plays is Norma, Norma Bates. Yeah, she's really good as Norma. All right, so getting rolling here, we got to mention our sponsors: the Flint Institute of Arts, Matador Martial Arts. What? <laughs> <laughs> Got to add in a karate chop. Yes. <laughs> There's some martial arts sound effects in there. And, of course, ProjectorScreen.com. ProjectorScreen. Which they are actually going to be changing their name pretty soon. So, really? Yeah. So we'll be having to change some info yeah. across the board on this. I so. hope it's not like ProjectorScreen.net because I'm going to get very confused <laughs> saying that. 
That'd be very hard to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, in news this week, uh, the Rise of Skywalker trailer just dropped last night. People seem to be pretty yeah excited about this. And Lots of course, jeans were jeans were creamed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird metric to judge it, but yeah. <laughs> Many jeans were ruined. <laughs> <laughs> by a Star Wars trailer. That's not the first time that's happened. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm, C-3PO. Oh, yeah. You know that C-3PO yeah. scene reminded me of the thing in A Star is Born where he's like, I wanted to take another look at you. <laughs> I'm hoping someone makes that and mashes those yeah. two together. But, but yeah. I think we might be losing 3PO. Yeah. Oh, Seems yeah. like he's going to martyr himself. Yeah. Which would be... Kind of shitty. I think it would be too. Yeah. So, but at least it's not Chewbacca getting a planet dropped on him like yeah. in the books. So, yeah. Ooh. yeah. All those expanded <laughs> universe things are so are like those old canon. Yeah. Is so fucking awful. Some of it's good though. Some some of it, yeah. Like heir to the empire. Yeah. Like there's like a lot of good stuff in there. But yeah. yeah. So. Um, and then as far as Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker goes, there was this big thing about everybody's going to boycott it. Nobody's going to see it. It's going to do terrible. It's gonna, yeah. And it actually doubled the pre-sales of what Avengers Endgame did. Yeah. In like the first hour. Yeah. Well, that's a boycott failed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> boycott fail. What? You mean to tell me that like some angry guy on YouTube isn't right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When's what that happen? Ta- what are you talking about? Shocking. You damn incels. It's very obviously Disney's uh, purchasing the tickets to do it. Yeah, it's... Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that is probably the dumbest conspiracy I've heard of all yeah. these people. Yeah. Wait, yeah. what? They think that... They think that um, Black Panther and Captain Marvel's success is not because people went to go see these movies. Is that Disney bought tickets, like, billions and billions <laughs> of dollars worth of tickets... To turn the and make these movies profitable for some social justice agenda, but that, apparently. But that doesn't make any logical sense. Yeah. It literally makes it, zero sense. Yeah, it sense. makes no sense. These people's brains are so diluted with. Wow. It's sad they want to believe it so bad. Like, what is it? Yeah, you just need a conspiracy to just prove mm. the fact that maybe you just don't like a movie. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you don't have to like a movie. Yeah. I didn't, like, invent conspiracies to, like, blame Rob Zombie as like a Freemason or something just because I didn't like his <laughs> Halloween movie. Maybe I just got have. over it. Maybe, Yeah, maybe you should have. Yeah. But yeah, so it did really, really big, big ticket sales. Um, in other news, Watchmen, the new series on HBO, had the highest rated premiere of any premium outlet show in 2019. Wow. Mm. Yeah. They said it averaged like 800,000 viewers for the premiere, but... Over one point five million dollars dollars viewers yeah. that night watched. Well, it was it. also they haven't added in like the live plus and yeah. the streaming yeah. data, and I know so, a lot of people got subscriptions to check it out. Yeah, I have the HBO Amazon. It's Prime awesome. Subscription. I, do, I do the same mm-hmm. thing. Like yeah. nine ninety nine a month. It's a, right. Yeah, it's awesome, and you can watch it live. So yeah, it's great. Not all the it's shows cool. go live right away, but. Some of, yeah. So, um, last little bit of news. They are making a Riddick 4, oh. a fourth pitch black movie with Vin Diesel, which I'm not really sure who greenlit this thing because none of them have made money. 
The hey, first you know. one was like a little indie flick. Yeah. And that one did pretty well. That was profitable, but then they did the Chronicles of Riddick. Home which, video, though. Yeah, yeah. But Chronicles of Riddick, like, flopped big time. And then they did a fourth one just titled Riddick. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow, you're really going deep for that one. They're really yeah. trying. I love when like the sequels to movies just get really lazy with titles. <laughs> like the fourth Final Destination is just Final Destination, Rambo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just Rambo. Right. It's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, that's all I got for news for this week. In new releases, we have The Current War coming out this week and Countdown. Yeah, I heard. I heard. Uh, there's interesting stuff about the current uh, war. Is that it took like it was originally supposed to come out last year or 2017, uh, but it was a Harvey Weinstein movie, and as he was re-editing it, those stories came out and the company collapsed, and so it's been on a shelf for more than two for a years. While. Yeah, and the director got in and recut it. Apparently, it's good. And then countdown. I know nothing about this. I'm going to a press screening tomorrow night. I'm just like, okay. Hey, you know. <laughs> it's another free movie. Yeah, you're going blind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how you go. I'm going to count down until I get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to count down until I give this movie a shitty review. Yeah. I would love it if that was the bully, bloody bullet movie of this year. Oh, that would be hilarious. That would be the funniest thing in the world. You just shit talking this movie. I gave then, Watchmen the bloody bullet though. Yeah, yeah. It was a great pilot. It really was. Yeah. A lot of mystery going on. Yeah. A lot of action in Regina King. Fuck yeah. Finally getting a lead role. She's so good. And kicking ass. So yeah, I dug that. So that's all I got for new releases this week. Yeah. It's kind of going to be slow now. Well, there's a couple mm-hmm. streaming ones. I know Dolomite. Yeah. I think Dolomite drops. Oh, yeah, week. that's right. Yeah. And you're putting the review up for that yeah. this week, too, right? Yeah. Good? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually my suggested viewing of this week. All right, hit it. Suggested viewings for so, this week. So, uh, Dolomite is my name, is uh, Eddie Murphy's comeback movie, and it is a comeback movie. It's fantastic, it's inspiring. It's funny, it's touching, it's great. Um, He's never been better, and if Netflix doesn't fuck it up, Eddie Murphy has a real shot at maybe getting Best Actor or something. That's how good he is in this movie. It's a lot of fun, it's a wonderful film, and it's, uh, yeah, it's great. Go check it out. It's going to be streaming this Friday. Cool. Is it, like, comedy, or is it, like... it's, It's... a, it's a comedy drama. It le- it's like seventy percent comedy, like thirty percent drama, and it's really really good. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it's uh, about Rudy Ray Moore, who's this like exploit black exploitation icon, uh, Dolomite, and Avenging Disco Godfather, which are two amazingly batshit insane movies. And this adds more context and makes these movie those movies even more amazing. Very cool. Hmm. Yeah. So mine for this week, I was like browsing the horror pages on Facebook and this movie Lake Mungo kept oh, popping up <laughs> repeatedly, repeatedly. I was like, you got to check this thing out. It's really creepy. You got to check it out. So I watched Lake Mungo last night. It's stoned, you know, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I got to <laughs> smoke some weed before I watch this. And uh, yeah, 
It's uh, it's like um, like a found footage movie, kinda, but it's a documentary, and it's basically about this family who they lose their daughter at this lake, like she just vanishes, and then all this weird stuff starts happening in the house, and you don't really know ever what exactly happened. It all is shrouded in mystery, but it's probably one of the better like found footage documentary style, like super low budget features I've seen in a while. So, uh, if you're looking for horror for Halloween, I'd say check it out. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, great, great or anything, but it's definitely different enough that I would suggest seeing it. So, that's all I got to say about it. Mara. Well, I <laughs> I just got back from a, a, a wild weekend, one of the best weekends of my life. And during the weekend, I got to see the premiere of... In New York City, in Times Square, of Glenn Danzig's Veronica, and if you don't know, that that is his Veronica is his uh, comic book publishing company where he writes comics, and they're they're just they're not superheroes; they're just weird, very violent and sexual in nature. And uh, this movie is three of the stories, um, I guess, like in a horror anthology, all like with a horror host. So I saw this movie and it's very divisive. A lot of people think it's horrible. They think it's really bad. Now it is really low budget, Um, but I really liked it. I can't stop thinking about it. I want to see it again so bad. It was one of the most like visually appealing movies I've ever seen. And the way that it is done is and why I think people don't like it is because it's a very like like um, I guess faithful and literal adaptation of a comic book so there's a lot of scenes that are really drawn out and very just almost like you're you know looking at a, at a comic book panel and like there's like one line and then you're just like looking at this like picture and it's usually and like it's just the way that it's done is like very pretty. So it's it's easy for me to overlook, I think, the mistakes and the low budget and the kind of amateur acting because I don't know, the style and the heart and the passion that went into it just really comes through. And Glenn Danzig is always just very unapologetic in his vision and his in te- he has a lot of artistic integrity and it's kind of a a testament to that and, a, and like pretty much a love letter to the movies he likes and he grew up watching. So comes out supposedly soon, uh, streaming on demand. I don't know where yet. And then might come out on Blu-ray this spring. So I highly recommend it if you like horror and like genre movies. Um, and if you, if you, if you like the Verotic comics and if you like, and also, even if you never read those and you like the aesthetic that like Danzig brings, it's it's all there. He did the score to it too. It's 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 really cool. It's just pretty exciting to see somebody that has been around for that long, like kind of like move and intermingle between like media forms instead of like totally. Oh, I'm just a vocalist or I'm just a singer in a rock band. Yeah. Like to actually do something different. Yeah, and you know. He, and he had directed. Um, a few of the Danzig videos. So, I mean, 
other than that, this is his first movie, and, you know, the people who are nitpicking it and saying it has these problems, I think, are not giving him the credit of, this is this guy's first movie that he wrote and directed and wrote the score, and, you know... He, like he said in the Q&A, he kind of had to put on like a bunch of different hats to do this that yeah. he's like not used to doing. And with that all in mind and knowing that it was really low budget watching it, it I mean, I, I think he, he can only go up from here. And I'm, I'm really excited to see his next movie, which is going to be a, a vampire spaghetti western. And he said, he said everyone in it's a vampire except for the people who are like the prey. So it's going to be, like, about the vampires. So I can't wait to see that. That should be interesting. I'm going to watch it. When I have a chance, I'll watch it because, yeah. you know, there's been a few, like, Giallo films that have been out, like, yeah. the last year. They're, like, really slow and are kind of unfocused. Mm-hmm. But I still like them just for the aesthetic of what's yeah. happening yeah. and for the music and for the art that goes into it. Yeah. So it sounds kind of like. That's where this it, is. It does, and I think that's also kind of the strength of it is that it's three short stories, so it you're able to kind of like not have that much of a plot and kind right. of like let yourself go and like enjoy what you're looking at and like you know indulge in the absurdity of of some of the like fantas- fantastical things that he's like showing you and getting you to accept his reality. You know, so I'm interested in it. You know. Yeah. And like I said earlier, like I've heard it's kind of like the room where it's one of those things where, yeah, it's kind of bad, but you're kind of sucked into it yeah. because yeah. there's a lot of heart there. I, lo- I love those kind of movies. Yeah, there is Me a too. lot of heart, a lot of heart. And I think a lot of it does work. I mean, and honestly, I don't know if it would work for everyone, but I mean, it worked for me. But That's all that matters. And it's, yeah. and it's like it is a little hard for me to be objective because I'm like. I'm like one of the hugest diehard Danzig fans right, you'll right. ever meet. And, you know, everyone knows that about me. So I still trust your opinion, though. Yeah. I think if you thought it was total shit, you'd probably still say it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So check it out, folks. Yeah. And now I'm going to do the total opposite a movie I totally suggest you do not watch. Oh. <laughs> Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. Oh. <laughs> you want to talk about a fucking pile of shit. Seriously? Wow. Like, me and Andrew went to go see it together, like, at the little sneak peek a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, I mean, this guy just can't get out of his own way. Mm-hmm. Rob Zombie just cannot get out of his own way from just self-serving, complete trash. The movie mm-hmm. is trash. Like, we have our one through five scale. If I could go lower than that one, I would. Wow. Yeah. It was unwatchable. And, you know, with Sid Haig being so sick and they had to, like, rewrite the script because he couldn't really be in the movie. Mm. And it's just like this is the thing people have been waiting, like, 10 years for. You know, you finally do it. I'm sorry, but if that were me, I'd be like, I'm just not doing this. Sid can't do it. He was an integral part of the first two movies. Sorry, I think we need to stop, you know, or figure out something better to do with it yeah but yeah most people that were our screening were kind of like yeah that kind of (laughs) sucked yeah i I, you know i'm not a rob zombie fan i don't like his movies at all so i had no plans dog shit yeah i had no plans on seeing it but you know he has his fan base and surprisingly i haven't heard many people say they liked that one so house of a thousand corpses was like a total like uh like a tribute to texas chainsaw massacre and i'm a Mm -hmm. huge texas chainsaw massacre fan Mm -hmm. so 
I loved House of a Thousand Corpses, and then I liked The Devil's Rejects. Like, I was like, this is like old school 70s, yeah. like, exploitation horror, and it's just totally brutal, and the gore and the blood was great, you know, and you bought the characters in that movie. Yeah. But then he, like, moved on to doing those shitty Halloween remakes that he did. Yeah. Whew. I can't take it. I just can't take it. I'm sorry. <laughs> and Three from Hell, me and Andrew were both like, what happened? It literally just makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. moving on. Tonight, we are talking about the Psycho movies. That's right. We're talking about mm-hmm. the Psycho remake. Yeah. This is the podcast everyone wanted us to do. <laughs> <laughs> because Vince Vaughn finally... is Norman Bates. Vince Vaughn is Norman Bates. Gosh, we're so excited to talk yeah. about it. You know, we don't need to linger on this, but why? <laughs> Good question, right? Gus Van Zant super talented director wonderful decides i'm gonna just stop doing these cool indie flicks and i'm gonna make a shot for shot remake of alfred hitchcock's classic horror movie psycho he that made, just sounds like a one. bit what's that sorry go ahead liam it just sounds like a bit it yeah does. <laughs> it, it is a bit and he did do one switch up he put like shots of like clouds in the like the killing scene yes i don't know if you guys remember that yeah oh, yeah it's like it's really weird. Yeah, interjecting like subliminal imagery yeah. in there. Yeah. Maybe there's some other stuff too. I remember like clouds, like on a clear day. <laughs> like, it had to represent like Norman seeing clarity as he's like killing people yeah. or whatever. It's but heavy handed. It's just a. Uh, yeah. The Psycho movie. remake, I was excited because mm-hmm. like I kind of cut my teeth on the original Psycho. Like, this was one of the first horror movies I ever saw. Mm-hmm. My mom was a huge Hitchcock fan. She is still to this day. Yeah. Like, you know, I grew up watching these movies and I'm like, sweet, Psycho remake and, you know, Vince Vaughn can be creepy as hell. Like, I can see this and Anne Heche is going to be great. And then like I'm watching, I'm like, it's literally shot for shot. Why did you bother? Yeah. So, Moving on. Yeah. The original Psycho is an absolute amazing (laughs) film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Masterpiece. Yes. And probably the movie that kind of started the whole slasher trend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't Mm -hmm. we say? I'd say that in Peeping Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Very groundbreaking movie. Changed cinema and the way people thought about horror and suspense. And my favorite little, like... Urban, like legend that I don't know if it's really true is that people supposedly like got up and left when uh, Janet Lee's character got killed because they were so confused they never saw anything like so like weird in a yeah. movie where they like they thought or the who they thought was the main character it's just yeah. gone so people were like what I guess the movie's over and just like left the theater well and it's a very strange movie because um I oftentimes compare Psycho to Full Metal Jacket, Mm. and I think that when they made Full Metal Jacket, I think that this was a movie they looked at, Mm -hmm. because Psycho and Full Metal Jacket are both, they're they're split down the middle. Yeah, they're almost like two different movies back to back that piggyback off each other. You have like the first half where she's on her way there and gets to the motel. And then you have the other half where things go Mm -hmm. apeshit. Like Full Metal Jacket was the same way. Mm -hmm. Training and then the war. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, so I do think that there was a lot of, um, they drew a lot from that. Yeah, from and, both, and in both those movies, the, like, the first act ends with like a horrific event. Yeah. You know? It just catches you off guard. Yeah. You don't expect it in either movie that that's going to happen. And this was a weird one for Hitchcock because Hitchcock had always kind of been in the realm of mystery, intention, and things like that. But in this, he kind of switched it up and went straight. Like, this was horror. More horror. Correct. Yeah. 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 And it was uh, also based on Ed Gein, the the, the original story. Which, obviously, we have a lot of horror movies. Oh, yeah. Text Chainsaw. Hannibal a little yeah. bit you oh, know yeah, we have right, all right. these different movies that have been based on that but yeah so I mean why do we think that Psycho hit so hard when it first came out this is 1960 well I think I think the format like we're talking about was was very shocking to people and like in in you know combination with the with the subject matter and yeah it being you know about his killer and you know they're showing Janet Lee naked in the shower it's it was very like it's controversial you know it's very different at that time to show something like that and edgy and the idea of a man dressing up in women's clothes yes. yeah and speaking like a woman yes that was I I have to imagine at the time that was very shocking to people it's yeah. just such a trip of a movie you look at what was coming out at that time and then here's this movie where it's this guy who dresses up as a woman and is just a serial murderer and and also dressing up as his dead mother whose corpse he has preserved yeah which is you know one more layer to it and especially for hitchcock who's this you know he's at the time was a thriller filmmaker Mm -hmm. this is something a little more like explicit in its darkness and its weirdness and in how kind of like on edge it is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah in Anthony Perkins, I think this was one of his first roles after like being a stage actor. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of crazy. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> that was intended. That was intended. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny how this one role defined the entirety of his career as an actor. Like, throughout his career, yes, he kept going back to play Norman Bates again, but there's so many other movies that he's in Mm -hmm. that are callbacks to -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Like, he did a movie, like, right before he died um, called Edge of Sanity, and it's, like, totally, completely, like, um, exploitation horror, very sexy like, there's a lot of nudity and a lot of, like, violent sex in this movie mm-hmm. and a lot of murders. But it's, like, it's a, a twist on the Jekyll and Hyde story. Yeah. And it was produced in England, I'm pretty sure. But, like, total throwback. Like, this dude just knows how to play, like, totally unhinged. Yeah. And then he was in Crimes of Passion, the Ken Russell movie also, like, in the 80s, where... I believe he's a priest in that movie going around killing people. So, yeah. like, this kind of defined his career for the most part. I mean, he did it He did it really well. He really seemed like, um, I mean, we'll talk more about it, obviously, when we talk about the movies. But, I mean, he he really sold the Norman Bates type character. There's a real vulnerability yeah. to him. Like, it's, it's kind of, these movies are kind of a tragedy. 
mm-hmm. because Norman Bates really never had a chance of being a normal person. No. Um, and and there's such with I always think of the scene where he's talking with um, Janet Lee the first time, and he's kind of like you know kind of hesitant, kind of mm-hmm. like he was always kind of tormented by his mm-hmm. mom. And you know, and and thinking about from as from a horror standpoint, his vulnerability and the way he appears is more off-putting because it's you know it's a little scary that you feel for this person even though he is you know could kill you or someone else you know yeah because i do feel bad for him i I feel for norman bates he's a tragic character and like the sheriff yeah you know the Mm -hmm. one continuing sheriff in like he's in what two and three three. Yeah. yeah Like, you can tell, like, he sympathizes with him. He's like, leave poor Norman alone. Yeah. Like, why are you people fucking with him all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do find it kind of interesting also that, okay, in the first movie, he kills all these people. Mm-hmm. Or just a few, not like a ton. Yeah. How many die in the first one? Three. Couple? Three? Three yeah. or three? Three? Yeah, so there's never like this huge body count or anything, but- I just find it funny that puts on a dress, pretends he's his mom, talks in a different voice when he's his mother, mm-hmm. kills people, and then he doesn't get sent to prison. Yeah. They they say this throughout the all the entire series. Right. He's never put in prison. He is taken to a mental health facility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of like Weird, because you wouldn't think like that long ago. You'd think the ABC like throw yeah, the book right. at him, throw like, him in jail, him you're him done. Up. Yeah, yeah. But like by the time he gets out, too, like oh, he was in like you know being taken care of in a mental mm-hmm. health yeah. facility, and now he's fine. Which is yeah. what I really like about two. I know, me too. <laughs> yeah. Is is yeah? There's a lot about two. Two might be my favorite of the series. That's I, not the first one. Yeah, I really liked it. The first time I watched, too, I was like, why is he out already? He cannot be healed. It's, this like, a, is... it's like a comedy of errors. Yeah, it really I felt, is. I feel so bad for him. Like, he just happens to be in the wrong place. He really does. And then the sheriff's like, you know, we're doing so bad here. We have we, Our city doesn't have a lot of money. We don't. We can't afford to have a social worker come and look in on you. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, shoot. Well, I guess I might as well just murder. Yeah. <laughs> I do think in the first one, though, like the huge thing with that is like the cinematography. Yeah. The way the driving scenes are shot. Yeah. They're so tense. And when she's like downtown and mm-hmm. she's like trying to it's get away. always on edge. It's very, there's a really good rhythm of how it's cut. Like it's always kind of like slightly frantic and yep. just really fast cuts. In the music, especially too. for 1960, that's another thing that I think that was pretty groundbreaking about the movie, and, and it's you know the fast cuts of it because movies didn't have as many yeah. cuts mm-hmm. as they do now. It's just like it's so rapid and and just kind of on edge, and it puts you into this kind of like what's going to happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. And that was Hitchcock's specialty, and the the other movies in the series don't have that. They're mm-hmm. very different, but I don't I don't think that me- yeah. means that they're not good no still... because they are all yeah they're all good really good and they all movies. they all add to the to mythol to the mythology of yeah. norman bates yeah. and the story yeah. like really well it is just funny like you know to going from the first one everything's black and white because that's how we filmed things then yeah well but, no there was there the people well, used color cheaper. in 1960 he did it because oh, yeah. he wanted it to like it was a choice to make it in black and white 
Um, I think it was so that they could show the blood because if it was red, it would have been too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Too much. So then it might not have gotten the rating or gotten yeah. squeezed through the way use, he wanted it. They to. use chocolate syrup like they did in the Danzig Mother video. Yeah. yeah. It's Danzig night. <laughs> Every <laughs> night, Danzig Every night. Danzig night. <laughs> but yeah, I think the first is an absolute <laughs> classic. I think so many movies like get their ideas from psycho and i really totally. the, i don't like friday the 13th yeah is just halloween and psycho yeah, yeah. oh yeah it would not exist without have, psycho totally especially the context of the mother yeah. the dead mother uh-huh. and they keep going back to the dead mother yeah. in the friday yeah. the 13th movies yeah. as well so yeah this is probably one of the biggest movies as far as horror goes, that people yeah. always draw influence from. And the iconic soundtrack, too. I mean, every time someone raises a knife, they, you know. Bernard Herrmann, yeah. amazing score. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, like, yeah. I always think of, like, I think of the sharpness on the thing, but I also think of the driving scenes a lot, where it's just kind of, like, just in and out, like a constant kind of barrage. Mm-hmm. And it's great. That's a great one. Great movie. I went to Universal Studios tour once. I got to see the oh yeah the house yep. there and the and the hotel in the foreground. And it was cool. I love the trailer for Psycho, where it's it's not they don't really show clips from the movie. No, it's just Alfred Hitchcock walking around the house and explaining mm-hmm. what's happening. He's just telling you what the oh, movie yes. exactly is. Yeah, yep. and it's such a great trailer. And he's like, oh you don't want to know about that and he just keeps going it's like four minutes of him just riffing and it's great he's amazing yeah Yeah. i heard he was a horrible horrible person but yeah wonderful filmmaker well that's what happens with some of these like i know super creative people Mm -hmm. they're so wrapped up in themselves you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. but i love this movie i adore this movie yeah like this is one of those you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I don't really want to watch a movie from the 60s, but yeah. this mm-hmm. works. It's an essential movie. I yes. think it holds. Yeah, it it's yeah. as like it's as powerful as it was then as it is now. I agree. It's a great film. Yeah, those those techniques that Hitchcock used, um they're they're universal and and you know, any filmmaker just uses that and and builds on it so yeah it's it's still effective there's one shot that is kind of hilarious in it and it's it's i definitely think it's supposed to be funny when the one like private eye guy falls down the stairs oh yeah yeah that's like hilarious <laughs> he just kind of like yeah <laughs> yeah they tried to recreate that in uh i think in both of the two and three they tried to kind of recreate yeah. that on the stairs. yeah and two stairs. because uh tilly falls down the yeah meg falls. tilly falls down the steps yeah. I, I, I it's such a great fall i'm, yeah. so, I'm shocked people don't use it oh as yeah like, have not like turned it into a meme because it's <laughs> fucking hilarious i don't think they could use it because if anybody sees that they're instantly gonna go like yeah you stole that yeah that's like, <laughs> absolutely that's that's hitchcock that's thing hitchcock. you know um but yeah so 23 years later, they decide, well, probably 22 years later or so, they decide they're going to make a sequel, which is Psycho 2, 1983, and it just kicks ass. Yeah. Honestly, like I said on Facebook, I think this is probably like one of the best sequels ever. Yeah. 
because it doesn't like take anything away from the original mm-hmm. and it just builds it's more not, on it's him. It's not a retread of the right. original. Yeah. It's its own story. It's its own movie. Yeah. So many of these horror sequels are just the first movie, but funnier or the first movie but this time there's more gore or something right and i and what i enjoyed about it is that other than the uh that falling back scene that they kind of recreated there weren't really many like callbacks to the first one yeah it kind of just continued on like this is this is what happened 20 years later to norman bates and this is what's happening now and it goes from there so I, i i enjoyed that about it and I thought that was really good because a lot of the sequels, especially to like a such a big movie, you know, and 20 years later, you know, I feel like they they try to kind of. Yeah. Bank so on many, something. So many of the legacy sequels are just like elbow nudge to your gut. of mm-hmm. Do you remember the first movie mm-hmm. or do you remember the? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's this. Mm-hmm. It's this. And I could easily see where that could happen with Psycho and that just being completely fucking awful right i know and they don't do that right and it's so good i agree well and i like the fact that okay we know he's gotten out of this mental facility he's released home and you can just tell the entire movie like this poor guy is just waiting to crack again yeah. you know mm-hmm. but he's doing his best he's trying so hard he's trying so hard to be a good norman yeah. he shouldn't be alone yet they let it's, him out too yeah. soon yeah it's a, it's a comedy of errors because like all this horrible stuff is happening around him and he's just like trying not to snap yeah and i i love that aspect of it and i really like anthony perkins in this movie i do too there's I do too. you know you talk about the vulnerability he just plays it like someone who's trying to run away from the past who's like i'm not that norman bates and mm-hmm. everything is yeah. pulling him to do that, to be that, mm-hmm. to kind of be whatever. It's a horror movie about the fear is not a killer. It's of recidivism. Mm-hmm. It's of this guy like snapping and breaking down. And yeah. I love that kind of tension because you don't see that in right. a lot of movies. And you don't know if he is or he isn't, as you're, you know, the yeah. first time you're watching it. And then you find out that he's kind of, he's like being gaslit too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like. When you find that out, it's like you've in that he's kind of like been a victim at that point. It turns the tables on it, and you know it, it. It's it is interesting. It's a really really smartly written movie that plays with your expectations, and when you rewatch it, just grows in rewatch. It does, and and when I when I watched it, I was like, oh, I don't know, this movie's kind of like ridiculous. I don't know if I like it. Yeah. But by the time it was over, I was like. No, I like this movie. And then the next day I was like, I fucking love that movie. Like it just like it just like stuck with me and it mellowed. And the more I kept like rethinking about it, I was like, I want to watch it again. I really loved it. Well, I just like the fact that he's like he's out and he's like instantly like, oh, I'm gonna go work at like the diner down the street, you know? Yeah. And then like instantly shit starts happening. Yeah. My mother put a note on the spindle like and there's nothing here. You know, and that's yeah. them fucking with yeah, him, I know. trying yeah. to get him to crack. Yeah, because know? well, to give it away, it's because they uh, they want him back in this facility because they don't think he should be out yet. Right. Yeah, it's a movie. So. It's a horror movie about how people are like. You can talk about how this society just does not like this guy. Yeah. Just at all in it, and about how um, people can be kind of callous to people with mental illness. Yeah, they don't want him to. Um, 
like I guess be reformed. Yeah. They would rather just think he's a monster that will always be a monster. Because I think most of the time, once you are a monster, you always are a monster. Mm-hmm. And I think with Norman, like he was like shaped to be a monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we won't get into Psycho Four too much yet, but through that movie, we see that this was, you know, he was the product of his environment. Yeah. He was yeah. actually, you know, he was created by what his mother put him through. Extreme abuse. Yeah. yeah. Well, it reverberates throughout all the movies. Mm-hmm. And even in the book, he's a, a really tragic character. Um, he's this guy who was just abused and abused and abused, and he snapped. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think Anthony Perkins... Is kind, he's really heartbreaking in this movie. It's really, really upsetting to see him like just go through this whole thing. Yeah. Well, and see the uh, what's really funny about this whole thing is um, the duality of Anthony Perkins' real life. Yeah. Because he was gay, mm-hmm. but he never told anybody he was gay, mm-hmm. and he was married and had kids and didn't tell his wife he was gay Mm -hmm. but was having you know sex with men during the breakout of AIDS Mm -hmm. um, in the 80s and 90s and so that's what killed him Mm -hmm. you know and it's just kind of it's so strange that there is this duality of he was hiding this part of his personality yeah yeah but then he was allowed to go on screen and bring out the separate personality there's a lot of pain yeah, in, in, absolutely. Especially in the later ones, because it it just kind of he gets older, and he steps away from like the boyishness of that first movie. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like a, you know he's a good looking guy, mm-hmm. Anthony yeah. Perkins. And jumping from the first Psycho to this, you're like, oh, oh yeah, you know, time has moved on, and it's it's such a interesting how understated and and kind of. You know, he plays it more real, and there's a lot of regret and a lot of pain in that performance. It's very eccentric, too. Yeah. You know, like this dude loved these toasted cheese sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> that just, he just might like toasted cheese. Maybe. Yeah. That's maybe. Not, maybe that's not even acting. <laughs> I would do that if you were in a movie, you wouldn't. You would like have them cater to your weird things. It's in his contract. Every movie he's in, in he's got to eat toasted cheese sandwiches. You're like, uh, it's in my writer, and I'm not doing the scene <laughs> without it. But what's funny is like I've never heard of a toasted cheese sandwich. Yeah, like, I've heard yeah. of a grilled, a grilled cheese, cheese sandwich. sandwich. I just I always think it same thing. I'm yeah. kind of curious to try. But it I toasted. think honestly, when I think about it, when he says toasted cheese sandwich, I'm thinking. That is something that maybe a more eccentric person would say versus saying grilled cheese. I think they thought that out and they're like, what would he actually say? He might not say, oh, you want a grilled cheese sandwich? When he says toasted cheese sandwich, it just kind of throws you off a little bit. He's supposed to be always like a hair off. Yes. Even like from the first time we see him in, in any of these movies, it's always like... There's just something a There's little There's something off. about it. And I, I just love the way he says toasted cheese. Like, yeah. Toasted cheese? Yeah. yeah. Like the way he talks like out of the side of his mouth. Toasted cheese sandwich. Well, in the way he talks to other people, you know, he's kind of got like that little bit of like a shiftiness to him. Yeah. yeah. Like where he's like, well, I can give you a job, but I can't pay you much. Like he's expecting like a laugh 
out of that. But it's yeah. dry and it's flat and it's, it's just like it's very much like when you meet a person and there's like what? Yeah, like you're like yeah. well, it's that kind of it's like a combination of desperation and unease. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not sure how to interact with other people. Like it's always like a beat off or like kind of yeah. like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He sure. seems very socially awkward yet like really innocent and like mm-hmm. nice. There's like a childlike yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like if I knew he wasn't going to kill me. Yeah. Like if we had a room where I was like, okay, doors locked, there's no knives in here. Like, yeah. Norman, let's talk. Yeah. Well, he probably was like a good hotel owner for like. 98% of the people yeah. who came in. <laughs> well, he did have his little people, so yeah. that he was very comfortable with just using pretty yeah. easily. So well, I imagine uh, yeah. there's a lot of that going on. So be careful. Be careful. Yeah. Be careful, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go put a peephole upstairs. You're going to put a peephole? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, honey, I'm putting a peephole in the bathroom. I'm installing it. I'm inspired. I'm inspired to make I'm, some upgrades in the house. I'm an, I'm an, I'm an artist. <laughs> That'd be great. But yeah, Psycho 2, I like the way that he's really kind of just like the same guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but he's supposed to be good mm-hmm. now. He's mm-hmm. supposed to be healthy. And he's not. Nope. Well, he kind of is. He is. But... He is, but it's it's like... It's an interesting, like, I could see a Psycho 2 where it's like he's out of there and he's immediately a bad person. Yeah. Like, almost instantly. With this, it's it's not him. It, he's not a bad guy. He's just trying to, uh, like, just live his life. He's clearly horrified it by it. There's the bits with um, Vera Miles. Yeah. Who's Which I love that whole idea. Because I, I think that's such an interesting, like take on a slasher movie to kind of like do a sequel years later and see like we never in most slasher movies see like the aftermath of like what happens right right yeah yeah. and with this it's a movie entirely about the aftermath and about what happens in the real world and i think that makes it a really strong movie so people fuck with him in this movie we think he's okay yeah but finally he cracks Mm -hmm. yeah Shovel to head. Great ending. We know Norman is back up to his old nastiness. And he has like a triumphant ending. Yeah. 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 And I'm still like, like, I just like, is she lying or is she telling the truth? Like, is she really your real mom or not? You know, we never find out. I love that uncertainty. I I love that about the movie that they don't tell you. What what it is because you don't need to know it doesn't matter no and I love how when she's like sitting there at the table you're kind of like she looks kind of fucking psycho too yeah like yeah. she's got like this look on her face where... I believe it I believe that that's his real mom and then their whole family was just messed up yeah yeah all right so after this one we had a couple years and then we got Psycho three which was Norman up to killing people again yeah. Yeah. And this movie kind of changes things a little bit. Yeah. I've said it to you guys. Like, this is the sleazy one. This is my favorite one, honestly. Yeah. Out of yeah. All four. Well, I mean, at the, after the first one. I really liked it. I like this one. I saw this movie at the theater with my parents, and I'm trying to remember what year 
this one was. That had to have been a little bit of an uncomfortable viewing with the parents. <laughs> it was definitely. Okay, so this was 1986. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I would have been like 12. Yeah, that's probably. And, you know, there's quite a bit of nudity in this. And my yeah. mom was like, turn your head, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like. Like I've never seen boobs before. Yeah, I'm 12 years yeah, old. This 12. was like this was like a really like sex charged one too. Yeah. Oh yeah, the other ones. a lot of. I mean, yes. that's an element in the first two, obviously, but this one was even worse because then it was like the ex nun who's like, oh, I I had to leave. She tried, you know, because yeah. I want to have sex. I just so. love the opening line of this movie. It kicks in. You get Psycho three, and the first thing you hear is, "There is no God." Correct, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be awesome, you know? Yeah. And yeah, this yeah. one just goes like instantly, like her in the car, him trying to molest her. It's mm-hmm. like full tilt insane. Yeah. I know. You think that guy's nice, and then all of a sudden he's like, all right, we're stopped. Now I'm gonna start Ugh. groping you. It's Jeff Behe. Yeah. He's never. Yeah. Like normal. No, he's, yeah, he's not. And so out. I was like, wait, is he nice? No, he can't. And then he stops the car, and I was like, nope. I knew he was a scum. I love that one movie where he's just like a really nice guy. I think that'd be a great movie. <laughs> he actually played a good guy in Alita Battle Angel. Wait, he was who the, was he in Alita? He was the guy with the dogs. That's right. Yep. Those dogs were awesome. And he was decent on, he wasn't that bad of a guy on Lost no. either. Yeah. I got to rewatch Lost. Yeah. For that shitty ending. Yeah. I, want, for, I don't know if I can bring myself to ever rewatch yeah. that. But no, um... Yeah, Psycho 3, like literally the fallen nun, the scumbag yeah. rock and roller in mm-hmm. Norman Bates. Yeah. It's horny on man. Like you have the first two movies. They're like, oh, you know, like maybe kind of like eh, not so sexually charged. This is just like it's right in your face. Yeah. 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 It's like a like the first Psycho movie will take you out to dinner and then Psycho 3 will just show you a dick pic. <laughs> and that's the opening line. Well, it is funny too how it just changed. And like like I did feel like with this one and I do love this one because it is just much more sexually charged and Norman is obviously like, "Yeah, I'm going to fuck some shit up now." Yeah. yeah. And it's all because Okay, so like you get these normal horror movies where like Jason is killing people. And then, like, in the next movie, Jason is killing people. And then in the next movie, Jason dies, but then he comes back to life and he's killing people. You never get that build up, and you never really get, like, why is he doing this? And in Psycho 3, like, I really feel like, hey, this is directly connected to the events of Psycho 2. Right, yeah. And those people that fucked with him, this is because of those people that now he's doing this again. Like, there's an actual, like, ambition behind it or Mm -hmm. something that drove us here. Mm -hmm. Like, there's an actual, like, mental change happening. Mm -hmm. Is that the best way to say it? I don't know. But yeah. I know what you mean. No, it it, it makes sense as a story. Right. It does. They are are really directly connected out of all the four. Those two are the most directly connected. Mm -hmm. And it seems like... It's of, I mean, the movie was three years, were made three years apart, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like they take place within months from each other because they're still looking for the last uh, woman, their murderer. 
I think they're supposed to be like within weeks of each other. Yeah, yeah. I that's really what it do. seemed like actually. Yeah, yeah, really, really short time period. Yeah, this is definitely the sleazy one. Mm. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it is really good. And he just like like Anthony Perkins does really well with that. Like a little more you know restrained in this one and now i'm totally fucking crazy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'm just gonna kill you you know which one had the ice in it that was was that three that was three yeah yeah, yeah. every yeah. time i see that scene and he like reaches his hand i'm just like, oh god no 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 and then he's got the blood on his face yeah and that was i'm thinking nobody that's standing there sees that you have blood on your hand or on your face but whatever they only have like one sheriff in the town yeah oh that's <laughs> right point, that's right their town is so shitty and so small you know yeah but you know for me it's hard to say which one of these is my favorite yeah i think they go really good together that honestly i feel like if you watch two you gotta watch three and three doesn't really stand on its own no no because so. they are so interconnected yeah. with each other so i mean yeah. you gotta watch them both together Really. But it is like you watch two and you're like, wow, okay, cool. And then, yeah, like st- like three is a step, like a huge step in the sleaze direction. Yeah. Like I feel like it fits more in with like the 80s horror stuff. It does, yeah. yeah. Like I think they were kind of like, oh, maybe we should kind of slip some of that in there. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need to get that Friday the 13th sex stuff yeah. mm-hmm. in there. To satisfy the audience, because maybe if we don't, maybe they'll start getting bored. Yeah, and it was, you know? it was probably smarter of them to do that at the time, or, you know, they had to keep up with, with what was going on in horror. So, it makes sense. And, I mean, now I don't know, I don't know how I would have felt about that movie 10, 12, you know, 10, 20 years ago, but, you know, actually, I probably would have liked it back then, too. I love that. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, these are ones that I can always go back to. Like, I watched two, three, and four last week when we thought we were going to do the podcast last week. I just, like, Sunday, I just watched all three of them back to back. And it's like I've never watched them before. Mm-hmm. Because there is, there's a lot of texture in these, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot of stuff you start to pick up on. Like, stuff I didn't notice, like, when... um he finds the drugs in the hotel room and there's like a thing of like poppers and like, you know, some other little like grinded up stuff. And they're like, mm-hmm. I never noticed that stuff mm-hmm. before. And now I did, you know, cause I'm mm-hmm. like paying attention. Like, Oh, let's see all those little details. But yeah, Anthony Perkins, it's really kind of sad. He was a great director for this movie. Oh well. yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. I forgot that he directed it too. He did a really good job. That was his first direct, uh, directorial movie oh, yeah. too. Which is quite impressive. He tr- he tried to, I think, make it a little stylish. And, like, there were a lot of, like, what I'm remembering, like, dynamic, like, angles and, like, different, yeah. like, shots he tried to get. So I thought that was, like, pretty ambitious of him. I think he kind of went back to, like, maybe Howard Hitchcock yeah. have yeah. this oh, shot. Oh, that's what he did. He did a lot of, like, close-ups of his face. like in, of- With his eyes and, like, shadows and, like... He would be like green with like in the darkness, and I mean and that's what I really loved about that movie. If he, I believe this is the one when he is up in mother's bedroom. Uh-huh. If you look at there's the cabinet up against the right wall. Mm-hmm. If you look, there's a silhouette of Alfred Hitchcock in the room. 
that's it's, cool. It's really cool. That's cool. See, and 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 that's cool that he did that because I feel like that's an homage to the fact that Hitchcock always had cameos in his movies, yeah. and I did feel like a lot of what he was doing was kind of like homage, like kind of Hitchcocky. Definitely, and he was yeah. kind of paying homage to him. Yeah, and doing that, and it's like. Like I said, I it, maybe it, I thought it was really ambitious of him to do as first time yeah. director. Cool. Yeah, very very talented. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. by three, usually you're kind of like, oh, here we go mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And this one, it just like it ramps it up. And you he know? and and it's and he knows that character really so well at that point. Absolutely. So you know he did really well like directing himself essentially and playing it. Can you imagine, though, like, it would be kind of weird being, like, a person like Anthony Perkins where you've played this iconic killer and you're that good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on in the back of your mind <laughs> that really you can, like, pull this off repeatedly? Because you would think it would start to fuck with you after a while, you know, like with the method acting thing. Yeah. Like, you know, Heath Ledger, like, you know. Yeah. He died because he played the Joker. Well, you know, I, you know, I know a lot of these so actors. So did Jared Leto. Yeah. He died inside. <laughs> he died inside. <laughs> well, a lot of these actors have their, like, their, like, I guess their processes were, like, you know, they kind of know what they have to do to, like, get out of it afterwards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like he just went, like, straight for it. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm going totally fucking crazy. Yeah. He's like, let's just see what I can get away with. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see if I can actually kill somebody. Yeah. but That's uh, what Psycho 5 would have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really did like Jeff Fahey in this. I felt like, you know, he was just like that perfect antagonist. Like he yeah. really got him going. Mm-hmm. And then um, mm-hmm. Diana Scarwood, who played the, the nun. Mm-hmm. Like she's been in a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot, a lot of stuff. I don't think she does much anymore. But she was really, really good in this movie. Like, you really felt like she was kind of, like, pure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very innocent. Yeah. Yeah. You believed her as someone who was, like, tr- like a, a fallen nun. You yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. Innocent, but, like, just really out of place. Yeah. And, like, when she's upset, like, you actually buy into yeah. it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. This was another really good sequel. All right. Number four. Number four. You guys ready? Yeah. I'm ready. I love this one, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, yeah. This one was, uh, uh, out of all of them, I think maybe the most trashiest, in my opinion. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it a was very, made-for-TV movie. <laughs> yeah, and, like, what's her name there, who played Olivia Hussey? Yes. Who, yeah. From Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I, I mean, I, I honestly love her performance, man. It's bananas. She is over the top. It's so great. But like, good. <laughs> I good. loved it. She's like scary, but at the same time, she's like beautiful. So it's like yeah. confusing. She's like, she's so good. And and it's like, so the thing that I, about this movie though, that I think is kind of funny is... uh. The the fact that they let him back out after three. Yeah. I couldn't tell if they were like, I thought they ignored three because it was like, why is he out? That's what uh, I thought too. How is he out? How does he keep <sighs> like 
Who lets him out? Yeah, who would let him out? I mean, how many years did the, did those movies take place? That's yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, well, okay. he murdered like a dozen people. Yeah, it's like so. But Psycho, he's like a cool guy. Yeah, Psycho Two came out in eighty eight. Or no, eighty two or eighty three. Or I'm I'm sorry, I meant Psycho Three came out in eighty eight. This one was like nineteen ninety. And then so yeah, nineteen ninety. So he spent after that last. <laughs> stint in the mental facility it was two years two years and he's, he's found out a, already found a fiance and he's getting married and he's in a home and he's he's alone it would be great if his dinner. fiance was like one of those manson girls yeah yeah i i would love that that'd be a really interesting take is like that would be kind of like <laughs> chucky and <laughs> tiffany wouldn't that be amazing that'd be insane it would be i mean and, and i but thought then, of- but then their kid would just be like and I thought, I, I in real life, there Richard Ramirez met a woman on death row around this time. Yeah. And they were engaged, and I believe they got married, and he was married when he died. So yeah. Um, I guess that is kind of taking a little bit from real life. I watched a lot of real. I watched a reality show about like women who like try and date like convicts. Yeah. It's great. I should check. It's that very. Out. It's this, very trashy. That was. <laughs> it is. That used to be like a like a. Daytime soap, or I'm sorry, not soap, talk show. Yeah, it was always a topic. topic. Yeah. On Oprah. Because it's so entertaining. Yeah. Well, and that all played into the context of the radio show. Yeah. Also. Yeah, it did. Because you could tell, like, uh, CCH Pounder, the the radio host, she was, like, very Kind of an Oprah. Yeah, kind of trying to pull out the trashiness and, you know, let's get soap opera action going. But, yeah, I thought this was a really cool way to go with it. Like, okay, somehow he's out again. I heard you talking about yeah, that we were when talking I went to go pee. Yeah, like, wait, he cracked, he killed more people, and now yeah. you're letting him out again. You put him in. <laughs> By now, they would be giving this dude the chair. Yeah, <laughs> no. Norman, sorry, dude. Like no more toasted cheese. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be toasted cheese. your last toasted cheese. <laughs> Um, Norman, what would you like for your last meal? Well, I would like a shovel and a toasted cheese sandwich. <laughs> He's cooking something really weird and, and four, too. He's got like a bowl of hard-boiled eggs or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, so he gets out again. Yeah. Or, and he's like, yeah, my wife saved me. You know, she really kind of turned me around. Yeah. Helped me get well. And they're like, oh, well, you killed a bunch of people, but you know what? Your wife's really cool, yeah. so we're going to let you go. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's living away from the motel. Yeah. And he's in, like, suburbia, you know, living in some pulty home with, yeah. you know. <laughs> with a pregnant wife. <laughs> with a pregnant yeah. wife. And I'm just kind of like, uh, it doesn't really make that much sense, but they had to figure <laughs> out the tool to get yeah. him there. What What's good about this movie is that this one is sort of about... You know, Cycle 2 is about um, re-entering society. This is about dealing with trauma. Um, Norman is, you know, he has a child on the way, and he's like, oh, God, what if this kid's like me? You know, that kind mm-hmm. of feeling that I imagine most people have where mm-hmm. you f- mm-hmm. reflect on, like, your screw-ups or traumas or, or what happened, and that's a fear he has is I don't want to know if I want to bring something like that into the world. Which is weird, though, because at the same time he's telling – the narrative yeah. about his mom abusing him and making mm-hmm. him like this. Which ties into it. I yeah. think it's a really 
effective way to use that device to tell the story of the younger Norman mm-hmm. is, you know, you frame what happened to him and also show his fears of what could happen to his son. True. Yeah. That's a good point. It's like all the anxieties of uh, being a parent that could make you uh, kind of, I guess, become very introspective and think about your own upbringing. And... Yeah, this is a weird, for a sequel, for a fourth slasher movie sequel, it's a very introspective kind of odd take, odd place to take this kind of thing. Yeah. Because it is re- about <clears throat> reckoning with your legacy. Yeah. And I, I really much, I enjoyed the format of it being framed within the uh, the radio talk show and then it kind of culminating with a whole, like, Willie or Woney, you know? Like, yeah. Kill his, kill his wife, you know, yeah. and the baby or her unborn child. Yeah. Well, and it is kind of cathartic that we end the series of films by him burning down the home. I love mm-hmm. I love that. I yeah. think Which is symbolic fantastic. because yeah. that's kind of like him burning down the past and you know leveling it and just letting it go. Mm-hmm. Still wouldn't be out of prison though. No. <laughs> oh, for sure. No. I the way I rationalized it was was it was just maybe this is a Norman that was just in there for a long time after the first movie and then got out. Yeah. Just that's, as like an alternate take. That's what yeah. I thought too because yeah. um uh the writer of the movie of the original screenplay wrote this one. So I kind of thought that maybe he was coming from a place of this is this is the sequel to Psycho. Oh, this is like the direct yeah. sequel. Yeah. yeah. Um but no, I did really like the um the way they did have the dual timelines mm-hmm. that he's talking, you know, to the radio show host recounting his past. Mm. And I mean, the flashback scenes are they're really the well best shot. Part of this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, the um the way it looks, it looks like it's filmed in like the forties or fifties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the coloration to it and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do love Olivia Hussey in this mm-hmm. because she she's is so, such she's a so, bitch. She's yeah, so she good is. In this. Yeah, she's yeah. really good. In like she's, really, she's like scary. It she's made terrifying. you more simp. And I I hate saying this, but it made you more sympathetic to Norman's like plight. Like, yeah. I'm like, like, yeah, she fucking drove him mad. I want to see Psycho 5, a prequel, and know mm-hmm. what happened to her. Yeah. Who did yeah. that to her? Yeah. Norma yeah. Norma Bates. Yeah. Yeah, her weird trauma. Yeah. Well, they kind of touched on that in Bates Motel a little bit. Um, yeah, they okay. do a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, just, I think it's a great, sequel i really do yeah and the fa- like i remember when they were first they first announced this and they're like oh it's going to be a a showtime movie and i'm like what you're making cycle four a showtime movie and it was it was mm-hmm. a showtime mm-hmm. original yeah and like they premiered it on showtime so i couldn't see it until it came out on like vhs mm-hmm. you know i'm like son of a bitch you know streaming back then right. you yeah. know <laughs> but it's kind of funny you know we go back to the past and Henry Thomas is young Norman, which, you know, he was arrested today for DUI. And, you know, this all goes back to Motor City Comic Con because when I was interviewing him, I had commented to a bunch of people, man, that guy is like three sheets to the wind all the time. 
Every time I saw him, he looked drunk. We saw him at the after party. He was wasted on the back patio. Wow. You know, I think he's a really, like, heavy, heavy drinker. So well, I hope I, this is a wake-up call for him to get yeah. help. Yeah. But he was great in this movie. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was, he was really good. good. He, he had the the walk down, like the shuffle. You see the kind of, like, the a lot of performances are imitations. Yeah. This just felt like an extension of that character. You're right. I don't think he tried to imitate the way Anthony Perkins act. I think he gave Norman Bates his own vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um he still had the essence of the character, but he did it his own way. Yeah, and I think that's like when you're playing younger versions or different versions of the character, that's like the best way to do it is mm-hmm. to not like directly imitate them because then they're going to be like, yeah, all right, you're you're not Anthony Perkins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I and I didn't, why, yeah, I don't know anyone who would do that. And I didn't think that when I was watching him. I wasn't like I accepted that that was young Norman. Yeah, they felt like the same character. Yeah. Yeah, there's a good continuity between mm-hmm. the two mm-hmm. because he was like younger than Anthony Perkins was at the time, mm-hmm. you know. And the funny thing about this was um, Henry Thomas really wasn't acting much at this time. He wasn't doing a right. lot, yeah. you know. Obviously, we all knew him from ET, um, but he wasn't doing a bunch of stuff. So yeah. this was kind of cool because you hadn't really seen him a lot, right? You know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he pops up in this. I'm like, holy shit. That's weird. Like, but the other thing about this movie is like, this is pretty, I want to say graphic with the sexuality. It is. And they even like allude to incest and everything, which is pretty hard to watch. So it's creepy. When she's like, you and your dirty little thing, blah, 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 blah. Oh, God. Well, then there's the one where she's like, oh, get in bed naked with me. And like, he like gets a boner and like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's, oh, it's boy. Like, and then she starts saying, that's disgusting, <laughs> yeah. blah, blah, blah. You're going to be a girl. Yeah. That's right. Remember? And she starts forcing him to dress up like a yeah. girl. Yeah. It's a it's a movie about trauma, and, like, it's fucked. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. really is. So here's my one question about this movie that mm. I think is a flaw, and I, it doesn't take away from my enjoyment so much, but I do question how come when he kills his mom, she's like in her forties, but she's like an old lady through the rest of the movie? Like after he kills her, he like dresses up at her as like an old lady. I have an answer for that because I think that he sees his mother. I think at all times, like if he's like. 16 let's say in psycho four and she's like 40 yeah. i think that she ages with him with him okay but i but, think even dead mother because he takes on her persona her persona is still aging in normal time but even in four though he immediately starts like impersonating that like old lady voice and he has that like gray wig hmm, yeah and that like floral dress that like she does not dress like that Right, she maybe just like it was. Maybe they were trying to throw back to the first or the yeah. second. Well, yeah, it's like they retconned that she was like wasn't this old lady. She's right, right, younger. But then they didn't like follow through. They just kind of like yeah, or plot hole. I think it's a plot hole. Probably, I maybe I'm it's, overthinking. It's it. the one thing that kind of bugs me a little bit. Yeah, because I really do like like Olivia Hussey's performance. So I don't want to say she shouldn't have played her, but 
maybe had somebody older. Maybe just yeah. or even a little bit more time. Or they could have like maybe tried to like make it so that it seemed like is what you said. Like she ages like with him. Yeah. So by the time he's in his forties, she's like she's like in her sixties. Right. Yeah. I don't know. We should ask the guy who wrote this. Dude, you fucked yeah. up. Hit him up on I'll hit him hit up, up on Hit him I'll up hit on him. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I know Dude. you're like 80, 89 or dead, but uh, there's this <laughs> thing in Psycho 4 that I want to ask you about. There's Is that bit, cool? There's a glaring pothole that there's you need to explain. You're going to be, you're gonna be these Star Wars YouTubers, guys, yeah. like, about Psycho 4. Oh, God. <laughs> Showtime but all the tickets and viewers yeah. for Psycho 4. <laughs> Mother told me so. I do just, I adore these movies. I yeah. think it's a really cool mythology i do think it's sad that he passed away mm. obviously but i think they probably could have done something else yeah. with this i think so too i think anthony uh, perkins would have been down for it too he probably yeah. could have directed it i'm like oh yeah you know what let's do another let's do psycho five yep. i'm gonna crack you know i'm gonna take my kid it's with me yeah there you go psycho yeah. five or even go further back with norma in his, you know what his son's name would be? Master Bates. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, you think Jason Bateman has a, a butler? Maybe. Master Bateman. <laughs> Master. Uh, we're terrible. I think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think about that sometimes. I think about that. And then I immediately just put it out of my Yeah. <laughs> But no, iconic killer, one of the best, and, you know, something I will watch until I'm dead. Yeah. Until you Easily. go psycho? Yeah. yeah, I could. You never know. <laughs> you do the podcast, but yeah. <laughs> you just have a little, little wig, wig on and <laughs> little flowered yeah. dress. Yeah. That was brutal how he killed the, the boyfriend and the mom, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh -huh. he just went uh -huh. like straight poison. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah. just like stab you to death. I'm going to poison your ass. Yeah. And that's a terrible way to go. Yeah. Terrible. You think it's better to be stabbed? Probably. I really? think death, uh, just avoiding death is better. Uh, yeah. I think avoiding death is more important. <laughs> it depends. Maybe, so, I mean, if a poison is, is like a painless fall asleep poison. That mm -hmm. might be better than being stabbed. Yeah. And it depends on where you get stabbed, too. Because if you get stabbed somewhere where you're just going to bleed out yeah. and be in a lot of pain. Yeah. Like if you get stabbed in the balls, that would really suck. Dude, that suck. would suck. That would be terrible. That would suck so much. Yeah, you bleed <laughs> out until you died. Yeah. And then you're the guy, like, then at your funeral, they're like, yeah, God, you know, I What a terrible him. way to die. Dude, Dude, out he got the balls. stabbed <laughs> by the balls. What a nerd. Norman stabbed him in the balls. Dude, dude Norman, Norman, Norman stabbed, stabbed him in the balls. <laughs> Can't have an open casket funeral. Uh, uh. <laughs> I love the idea of like an open casket funeral, but there's like one section, the midsection is like covered. Yeah. They just have a towel over your crotch. You were in clothes anyway. <laughs> Maybe you don't know. We don't know what this guy's it, funeral was. It might be a nudist like. funeral. Maybe you can't have an open casket nude funeral. <laughs> Maybe with that attitude. 
That should be our next sponsor. Yeah. Open casket open, noon funerals. Dot com. <laughs> this is some <laughs> weird <laughs> porn. Dot net. <laughs> dot org. It's an organization. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> I don't know why he picked that service. There are children at this funeral. <laughs> All right, we're losing our minds. Yeah. Are we done talking about this one? I think so. All right. I think all four are like great like They're Halloween great time watches, especially. Yeah. yeah. This improved my Halloween season. Me yeah. too. Me too. It was so fun to watch those. Yeah. Check out my review of Psycho 2 on moviesleuth.com. I'm going to try and write a review of Psycho 3 and Psycho 4 before Halloween comes. So Ooh, spooky yes. season continues. <laughs> Oh, Liam. <laughs> Stabbed in the balls. Stabbed in the balls. All right. We'll Dot see com. you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Bye. Good night. Bye. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.